Don't say it's the offseason because guess what? Pitchers and catchers report today for the Washington Nationals. So don't say it's the offseason because it's the end season. But now it's time to talk about the offseason with the Nationals. And honestly, it wasn't as bad as you may think. You'll find out right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for Nationals baseball and truly my fandom for Nationals baseball in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day, and that is the beauty of of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we get to talk about the Nationals five days a week because it's no longer the offseason. It's in-season. The season is here. Pitchers and catchers report today. They are in West Palm Beach. They are probably dropping off their luggage right now in their hotel room, walking over to the Palm Beach, whatever they call that training facility over there. I haven't been personally. But the one that they share with the Houston Astros, they are walking in there. They're picking up their glove. They're picking up a baseball. And they are playing some pitch and catch to start spring training. And I can't wait. The season is here, in my opinion. Even though it's still February, it's still cold out. It may snow and it may not. Baseball is here. And that is all that matters. But now since baseball is here, it is time to reflect a little bit on the Nationals offseason as some people, including myself at one point this offseason, was frustrated with the direction of the franchise. We didn't really know what to expect with this offseason. When you come in and you, at that point back in October, we were under the belief that the Lerner family would be selling the Washington Nationals. That did not happen this offseason. That is a time that we'll talk about. We'll discuss the issues with that, as I already have. But we'll get to that another day. Because the offseason is over, and we are now in season. So we're going to have to reflect on what the offseason was. And ultimately, I will say this. I'll give out a letter grade, even. This was a C-minus offseason. And before you say anything, that is a good offseason for the Washington Nationals, and here's why. Going into this season, 2023, what is it about? What is the focal point for the Washington Nationals moving forward with this operation? We are not in a win-now situation. If you still believe that, I'm sorry to rip that Band-Aid off for you, but we're not. You trade away Juan Soto. You trade away Josh Bell. You cut the budget. And obviously, if you were to smell the coffee that I'm smelling over here, then it's pretty obvious that Mike Rizzo had a very small budget to work with this offseason. But that's not a bad thing 
when you are a rebuilding franchise, because when you are a rebuilding franchise, it's all about the development of your young prospects and even not even just young prospects. It doesn't have to be this brand new shiny toy. It could be a Lane Thomas, someone that you traded John Lester for, who you have gotten a swell return from Lane Thomas. He has been a everyday outfielder for the Nationals, and really, that's what I project him to be this season. So why did I not give the Washington Nationals an F for this offseason? Well, if we had the power and the money to go out there and spend on, I don't know, eight different position players, then yeah, I probably would have given them an A if they spent all that money and raised their payroll from a bottom half of the league to a top five payroll in baseball. I would have applauded them and I would have said good. But also, that's not the reality of where we are. And that's not the reality of really any owner in the league. So when I sit back and say that this Nats offseason was a C-, the reason why I said that is because they notice that they have young prospects currently on the major league roster that need to start and they need to get a glimpse out of. And here's why. You look at C.J. Abrams a young, promising prospect, not a prospect anymore, but he's still young. I still consider him kind of a prospect when I talk about him. He's not a complete finished product. So C.J. Abrams, starting shortstop, a former top 10 prospect, a former top 10 pick in the MLB draft that you got back in return for that Juan Soto deal. You need C.J. Abrams to play 162 games if he can. Obviously, he's not going to play 162, You get the point. He can't have any competition when it comes to the Washington Nationals this year. C.J. Abrams is your guy moving forward that you need to put all the chips in the middle for, and you got to hope that this guy turns out to what you think he could be. And what they think he could be is good enough to trade away Juan Soto. That's unfortunately what the price is when it comes to C.J. Abrams. He doesn't have to be Juan Soto. He's not going to be Juan Soto. I'll tell you that right now. But also, when you get traded for Juan Soto and you're one of the main pieces of that deal, yeah, you're going to have some expectations and you're going to have to meet them, which, good for me, I think that he will meet them. Will it be this year? I wouldn't bet the house on it. I would not. Will he show us everything that we need to see from C.J. Abrams moving forward? Probably not, for this year at least. But it's also not a bad thing to get through these struggles early on in your career. In fact, it's a good thing. This is what you want. You want players to develop, especially when it gets to the major leagues. A lot of people have this process to where in the minor leagues, That's when you get to be a finished product. No, that's not true. In the major leagues, development is just as important as it is down in the minor leagues. You aren't your complete player when you step up there day one. Day one, you're in the majors. We're not expecting you to be what you would be in 10 years from now. Not even close. Look at it through any MLB player. Look when Bryce Harper came up. He didn't have the power that he even had in 2013 in his second season. So guys take time to develop, and that is what C.J. Abrams needs. But it doesn't stop there. 
Look at Luis Garcia, a second baseman. Last year, he was going up against Cesar Hernandez. Obviously, you had a couple other pieces as well. He was going to play shortstop, and he did play shortstop, but we had Alcides Escobar there, and a plus a couple other stop gaps that truly doesn't matter. Not really. But we need to see Luis Garcia because, again, another former top 100 prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, you need to see what you have with this guy. And so now with Luis Garcia, there is no competition at second base. You're going to get a great look at Luis Garcia. The time is now for the kid. He got his feet wet in 2020 with the majors. 2021, he got his feet wet again. In 2022, he got his whole body wet. He went in, he dove in, and now he's a major leaguer. And now not only is he a major leaguer, but he's an everyday starter for the Washington Nationals. Everyday starter. Also last year, compared to this year, you look at the pitching staff, Josiah Gray, year two, a full offseason of year two in the majors, Josiah Gray, no competition. Cade Cavalli, year two, or year one, obviously. He got one start last year. He's going to have no competition. Mackenzie Gore, no competition. He's going to be our marquee lefty. Sorry, Patrick Corbin. Those are the guys that will be competing for sports first starts this year. And we're going to need everything we can out of them to even have a glimpse of success in the league. But ultimately, success is not going to come in wins, for my honest opinion. It's going to be coming with development of C.J. Abrams, of Cade Cavalli, Luis Garcia, Josiah Gray. Name that young guy on the Washington Nationals, and if they succeed, well, let me rephrase that. If you were going to ask me, what does a successful season look like for the Nationals? It's if half those guys can prove that they are everyday starters in the big leagues. Starting pitchers, every five days, you can rely on them and you can count on them to get outs and do their job. That is what this year is all about when it comes to success. And so the reason why I give the Washington Nationals a C- minus for this offseason is that they did not do what they did last year by having older guys like Nelson Cruz, Cesar Hernandez, and others come in and fill a hole that, quite frankly, should have been filled by a younger prospect to really start that rebuilding process that we all knew would ultimately come. So that is why I give the Nats a C-. They aren't doing this veteran stopgap. Yes, they may have signed J. Mayer Candelario, Dominic Smith, but there's no one coming up that they're blocking at this point. You could make the argument for third base with Candelario blocking Jake Alou or Carter Keyboom, Ildemaro Vargas people are interested in. But also... That's minuscule compared to last year. So now I want to get into comparing the Nationals opening day lineup from 2022 into what it's going to look like in 2023 and really why it's leaps and bounds better than last year. And that is why I actually am excited about this season. And you'll hear all of that. But before, I got to tell you guys about my friends over at FanDuel. 
The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the NBA Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to three points to whatever you may want. So, of course, I love FanDuel just like you do. And you guys know my advice. The Washington Wizards stink. If you want to bet in that Wizards game, whoever they are playing, like last night, they played the Blazers. Guess what I did? I bet against the Wizards because it wins every single time. It's that easy. So, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So, don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get into comparing the opening day lineup from 2022, and then we're projecting the 2023 opening day lineup and kind of comparing and contrasting the two because going into last year, we had Juan Soto. We had Josh Bell. You just signed Nelson Cruz. I was not excited for that season. We were a couple months removed from getting cold water splashed in our face after trading away Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, and having that fire sale at the deadline after only being two and a half games out of the NL East, first place spot, back in June. So we had that poured on our face, and it was clear the run of dominance was over. Going into this year, it's different. I don't have these expectations. Last year, I didn't have any expectations. But also, we didn't have the young bucks like we do now to where I can look at these guys and be like, hey, this guy is going to show us promise. This pitcher is going to show us promise. That catcher will show whatever it may be. Last year's lineup on opening day, this is what it was. And I'm pulling it up now, of course. It had to close on me if just because that's how it does. But this was their opening day lineup last year, April 7th, against the New York Mets. Second base, batting first, Cesar Hernandez. Right field. Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, DH, Josh Bell, first base, Kiber Ruiz, catcher, Lane Thomas, right for left field, Michael Franco, third base, Alcides Escobar, shortstop, Victor Robles, center field. Of that lineup, right now we have three of those starters still with the Nationals. Three of them. And Patrick Corbin was your opening day starter. Do I have to say more? But you see the point of what I was trying to say there? This year with the Nationals, you have Luis Garcia, C.J. Abrams. The third base position could be a little shuffled. First base, you got Dominic Smith, baby, going against right-handed pitchers. Maybe you have Ilomaro Vargas or Joey Manessis play over at first base. It doesn't really matter. The point is this lineup is a lot younger. I can look at this lineup and I can make a case for a couple of these guys to actually be the core of the Nationals moving forward with a successful team. 
Will I make that case? I can and certainly will at some point for some of these guys. Like C.J. Abrams, Heber Ruiz, guys who are, I'm really high on. But that's the point of the 2023 Washington Nationals. Last year, I knew what we were getting into. I knew that it was going to be a lame duck season. And honestly, did we really think even with Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz, yes, there was some potential there for the Nationals to maybe inch their way into some sort of contention, but that never pandered out at all. It never panned out at all. Not even got close. So now I look at it, and if you wanted to, you could make a case for this team being decent-ish, not close to a postseason team. It's still a young team. But when you look at guys like I was saying, Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Kiber Ruiz, Luis Garcia. That's four guys right there. And even if you tag in Carter Keboom or Jake Alou, that could be five potential positions that you're looking at for the 2023 Nats that could be on that 2026 postseason team. And that could be in their starting positions right now. You look at the starting pitching lineup, Josiah Gray. Mackenzie Gore, Cade Cavalli. Those are three young guys who were once really high prospects that the Nationals got in return. Besides Cade Cavalli. Those are guys that could be, again, on your 2026 postseason team, and that could be an effective count for the Nats. So now when I say that I am way more excited about this national team, it's because of that. There are no stop gaps this year. There is no such thing as Michael Franco blocking a third base position from someone. There's no such thing as an Alcides Escobar taking up your shortstop spot when he shouldn't have been in the majors, if we're being honest. Yes, he had a decent 2021, but come on, let's be honest here. So that is why this Nationals team on opening day is going to, one, look a lot better than last year's in my mind, and two, It's going to be more fun to watch because you're not just watching the box score. You're not just watching for the final result. You're looking for guys, like I was saying, C.J. Abrams, Lane Thomas, Luis Garcia, Kiber Ruiz, and all the young starting pitching talent that we have to take that next step into molding themselves into everyday major leaguers. They're going to have all the opportunities in the world to get that at some point this season. And I say that for the same as Carter Kibu, who's going to get a, he's going to have some opportunities at some point this year. Jake Alou will have opportunities at some point this year to prove himself. And plus, not to mention, there could be a cameo of Robert Hassel III by the end of this year. You could be seeing prospects coming up developing themselves and making their major league starts at some point. Last year, if I were to ask you this time last year, who is Joey Manessis? You would have no idea. I had no idea. Things happen. He raked last year in the minor leagues. Got the call up in August. Didn't look back. Crazy things like that happen sometimes. So it's not even those big names that you look at 
and you're like, this guy could be something. It could be Jared McKenzie. It could be someone we haven't even heard of, like Joey Manessis. Now, is that likely? Probably not. But then again, it's there. The window is open. It is open for guys to come up and take their opportunities and do well with it. So that is why I feel like this offseason is by far and away, or not the offseason, this season up ahead of us is by far and away better than what 2022 was, even with Juan Soto. There's opportunities, man. Guys have to, rubber has to hit the road eventually for some of these minor leaguers. They're going to get opportunities on a bad team. Davey Martinez is not going to say this is a postseason team. He knows it. Mike Rizzo, they all know it. They're not going to say that this team is ready to win now. They know where they are. But when looking at it, there is excitement in the air. So if you were to tell me, because I've admitted this myself, that I am way more excited for this season than last year's. Do I have to say that again? I've said it a lot. I won't say that again. But that is the truth of it. Opportunities, man. Opportunities in development. That is what success looks like this year for the Nats. I could care less about how many losses we have or even how many wins we have. Obviously, I want to win. I want to root for my team to win, and I will root for my team to win. I'm not going to sit there rooting for us to lose. I still like to watch baseball, and I like to watch winning baseball. But I'm here for the big picture, not the little picture. And the big picture is if we can draft, develop, and then get some steals and get some guys that will be effective moving forward with the Nationals. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now give my guy Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects a deep listen because he goes in on all the shining stars of the league for tomorrow. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. And now to wrap up, since wrapping up the offseason, I mean, why do I even say wrapping up the offseason? Because we're in season now. So now to wrap up the offseason and looking in season, even though it's in season as we speak right now on February 15th because the Nationals are in spring training. To wrap up the offseason, where did the Washington Nationals get better most this offseason? Where did we get better most. I'll say this. I think starting pitching, as I alluded to earlier this offseason, a few weeks back, I think this starting pitching bath, bath staff got much better than what we were heading into last year. As we know, the Nationals pitching staff going into last year was brutal. We know that. But also, going into this year, as I was saying, there is hope for some sort of, how even, there's hope for hope. Because when you look at these prospects that the Nationals have with Mackenzie Gore, I kind of look at that as an offseason acquisition. He didn't pitch for us at all last year after trading for him at the deadline. You got Trevor Williams. You have, dare I say, Patrick Corbin. Maybe Patrick Corbin can become a decent fifth starter. 
Maybe. I'm not saying he will. Not saying I'm betting on it because I'm not. But maybe he does. Josiah Gray. Maybe he takes the step up that we need him to this year. Improves that he is an everyday, reliable starting pitcher. That is what we're looking at this year. And when I look at the national starting pitching staff, it is by far and away better than last year, in my opinion. I'm going to take Strasburg out of the equation for now and look at it this way. Josiah Gray, Patrick Corbin, Cade Cavalli, Trevor Williams, and Mackenzie Gore. By far and away, better than going into last year. We knew going into last year that the pitching was going to be a big issue. Now, we also were under kind of the perception that Stephen Strasburg could and should be healthy, but now knowing what he's gone through, we don't expect that, unfortunately. But when you look at Trevor Williams, and in particular, Cade, not Cade Cavalli, Patrick Corbin, I look at this duo as Trevor Williams has been a starting pitcher before, but he's also kind of not been the best starting pitcher. When Trevor Williams is at his best, it's when coming out of the bullpen and getting those short relief situations, whether whether it be three innings, four innings. That's what we kind of want to see from Trevor Williams. So the whole idea that I have for Trevor Williams, for example, I would throw Patrick Corbin out there for two innings. Let him open. Let him see the lineup just one time. As soon as you get back for the second time in the order, you pull Patrick Corbin out, you take the fire extinguisher, and that fire extinguisher is Trevor Williams, who has done well as an as a kind of a reliever for an opener, who's someone who can go three to four innings and take some pressure off your bullpen. Now, do either of those guys want to pitch in that role? Probably not. They probably want their own day to get ready and do what they feel comfortable with. But if you were to get that situation to where you have Patrick Corbin going just one time through the order, and then you have Trevor Williams coming up in relief for a couple innings, I think that's a winning baseball move. And then not only that, you get Josiah Gray, who I think will take a step up this year. You get Cade Cavalli, who has electric stuff. Then you have Mackenzie Gore. So those are three guys when you take Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin and kind of platoon them into an opener slash whatever you would call Trevor Williams, a long relief pitcher. That is what the Nationals should look like with this starting pitching staff if I was the manager. But obviously, you're going to see Corbin, Gray, Cavalli, Williams, and Gore. That's five guys minus Strasburg. So they're going to roll with that at first, but I would not be surprised to eventually see them go to that opener role with Patrick Corbin and tail in Trevor Williams there or whoever it may be to get that deal done. But guys, baseball season is here. It is not the off season. It is in season now, and I am excited for it. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now your next episode should be Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, the prospect encyclopedia of the Locked On Podcast Network. And that pod is available wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you guys. Tomorrow I will be having some news and notes from spring training as far as we get them. But again, baseball season is here. Open a beer, eat a hot dog, 
hope for some 80 degree weather and let's go Nats.